0: Welcome to Fantasy Family.
1: everybody. Welcome back to another week of Fantasy Fanline, the only fantasy football call-in show putting you live on the air with industry experts each and every week. I'm your host, Greg Scalera. If you've joined us before, you know that we feature different guests from around the fantasy football industry every week to take your calls and answer your questions live on the air and today is no different. Uh, you can call into the show anytime at 618 fanline to talk some fantasy football with us live on the air. You can bring your questions, your comments, you can join the conversation, weigh in on the topics that we're discussing. Uh, we're live right now and every Saturday all season long at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch us on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Twitch, anywhere you want us, you got us. So please subscribe, hit the bell so you're the first to know when we're on the air every Saturday. Uh, each episode is also available in audio format the following day, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on all platforms at Fantasy Fan Line and visit our website, fantasyfanline.com, for a full schedule of our upcoming guests and to submit a question to our mailbag if you can't join us live. So without further ado, I am so excited to bring in this week's guest. He is Santiago Casanova of Broto Fantasy Football. Santiago, welcome to the show, buddy.
0: Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I, I like the idea for the show, so it's exciting to be here.
1: Thank you. Dude, I, I say every week on this show that I am a fan of everybody that I bring onto this show because I feel like uh, if I'm not giving information to the listeners that I subscribe to myself, um, it doesn't feel right. And I it, it goes to the fullest extent, bringing you on this show, man, I, I actually found you through a, a Reddit post in the off season. I don't know if I told you this.
0: No, I, I don't know.
1: I went on Reddit to ask around a little bit about up and coming new voices in the industry, who I should be aware of, You know, who should I be checking out, who's putting out good content. And you specifically were recommended to me, Not which is the funny part. It was your name, actually, not, not Brodo. And I, oh, I found Brodo through you. Uh, I don't cool. know if that was you answering my Reddit post.
0: I don't use Reddit for fantasy football, so so no, it was not me.
1: Well, there you go. Somewhere out there on Reddit, you have a fan. And, That's uh, very cool. My first impression, man, when I read that post and I researched you, well, obviously my first impression was that is the best name I've ever heard in fantasy football. <laughs> and I, I told myself not to bring that up today because I'm sure you hear it all the time. In fact, I know you hear it all the time because I've watched you on other shows and they always bring it up, but I can't not say it. <laughs> God, dude, you sound like a superhero. Like It was impossible for you to grow up and not be you know smart and handsome and, and successful and cool, which you are. Ah, thank, you. thank you. Specifically, it sounds like the name that you would like if you grow up with a name like Dick Buckus, you know, like <laughs> after an entire, entire childhood of being called Dick Buckus. The first time you like grow up and leave your home, and somebody's like, "Hey, what's your name, kid?" You're like, "Dick, no, Santiago Casanova." You know.
0: There you go. There you go. I made it up actually.
1: That that would make more sense. Boyd is writing in from YouTube saying, Cass is a stud." On all caps, I agree. Could not agree more. Cass, dude, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do over at Broto because it is so interesting. Sure.
0: I started off as a writer for Broto a couple years ago, and then I'm currently in school for applied maths. So I started combining both of my worlds of fantasy football and, and math into one and developing stats and tools for, for Broto and I became uh, the lead data analyst for Broto fantasy. And then we've been developing an app uh, this entire season and off season. Just to put together all our knowledge and, and stats and everything we've created for fantasy football, and that's that's what I handle right now.
1: I love it, man. I I'm, I maintain that the only cool application of math is fantasy football. So yes, you did yes, it, yes. man. You found the one avenue of success. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Math is great. I just I have a grudge against it because I'm terrible at it. But I, I respect it it's it's uh, application towards fantasy. I'm not like a week to week sports gambler because mm. I have too much respect for the chaos and the variety that can happen on any given Sunday. But I feel like when you step back and zoom out and look at a season as a whole, which is really what fantasy football is when you're not playing a DFS format, applying math to it really helps you get an edge and be right more often than you are wrong. And when you apply that over a large enough sample size, this is the kind of stuff that gives you an edge and and puts you ahead of the margin. Am I, am I right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And um, I mean, there's, Math is such a a large field that different portions of of, of math can help you for Redraft, for Dynasty, for DFS. So it it really just, you have to analyze which tools and which aspects of math you want to use for each portion. So it's not only for Season Long or Dynasty. You can use it for DFS as well. You know, there are these optimizers which use different types of math or how Yahoo or ESPN does their projections. So it's, it's just finding ways to integrate what we know into fantasy football.
1: That's incredible, man. Uh, DFS scares the crap out of me. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll dip my toe in the water of applied math and it won't be as intimidating moving <laughs> forward. But I would, I would love to talk through the app. It's, it's really a – and you guys describe it as a one-stop shop for, for all of your fantasy football needs. It right. really is, man. Like Before I found it this season, thanks to that whoever that was on Reddit, and I'll have to go back and find them and thank them yeah, for connecting awesome. me with, with your brand. But um, I was really going to lots of different places – depending on my research needs. I was using a variety of different resources across different websites. It was such a hassle. Every time I wanted to sit down and really dig into a player, I was going to one place for this and I was going to another place for that and I had to kind of combine it into an aggregate. And really your app was designed, I feel like, well, why don't you talk us through the process of of what you guys kind of had in mind when you built the app and you decided what tools and stats to to apply to it? Because you could really tell it was built by people who play and live and breathe fantasy football.
0: Oh, yeah, that, that's that's definitely true. And and it happened, like you said, like you, you go to Pro Football Reference for some stats, then uh, maybe a different website for Snap Count, a different website for Fantasy Points, you know, Fantasy Pros, all of this. You, you have to be switching between apps, websites. Well, actually, not even between apps. It's always websites. Uh, there's no fantasy football app that is not for playing fantasy football. So we we saw this market hole and this need to condense everything into one place and we just acted on it. So we we started first, we only had our podcasts, uh, some basic stats, our articles, and then we started build, building from there and have now exclusive stats, uh, points tool, start, sit tool. So we just were adding more and more on top of it until we can make it a, a, truly a one-stop shop for fantasy football players.
1: That's awesome, man. I, I will say that I found your app prior to draft season this year, and it was the first time that I went to in-person drafts with a, my phone instead of a laptop, nice. and it was glorious, man. I uh, I, I don't know, man. It just, it just makes everything easier to have it at your fingertips, and uh, I just want to say to you and your team, thank you for making a resource like that. I can't wait to see how it continues to develop, it's and I would pleasure. like to take some time today to talk about maybe some of the the unique stats that you guys offer on that app, and really more importantly, how players should be interpreting them and applying them to their decision making yeah, because I feel like yeah, that is right. half the battle you know you can lead a horse to water but you also need to teach him how to drink it before we get into that I do want to note that our phone lines are now open 618 fan line you can pick up your phone call in and join us anytime during the broadcast today you will be on air with Santiago and me and we will uh, talk through your questions so that's start sit trade questions waiver pickups um, general fantasy football philosophy questions. we got a couple of those in the mailbag today. So anything you want to discuss with us, we're here for you. You know, why, why don't we take a quick look at the mailbag first? I want to make sure we get to these. So starting with Anthony New Jersey, writes into our mailbag at fantasyfanline.com. Is Alan Robinson worth stashing on the bench at this point? Um, I'm going to let you weigh in on that first, and then I'll, as, as a Bears fan, I will uh, cautiously offer
0: my opinion. I mean, I do think it's very league dependent, like most things in fantasy. But uh, this, for me, I, I would still hold on to him. I mean, just, just got to make the switch that he's not the Allen Robinson of old. You just got to forget that his name is Allen Robinson and treat him for what he is, which is a wide receiver three but still a valuable wide receiver three. Because if you look at, at players that you might drop Allen Robinson for and other uh, different players in that same tier, wide receiver three tier, they don't have the same upside that Allen Robinson does. So why would you drop a player for uh, an equal replacement with less upside? That's that's the way I see it. If you're looking at to replace him with someone at the same level, don't. Because I still believe that he has that little bit of of, of juice left in him.
1: It's so hard because when you say he's not the Allen Robinson of old, this isn't like saying he's not the Odell Beckham Jr. of old who was relevant, you know, four or five years ago. A Rob was a wide receiver one the last three years straight. Yeah. So like it's not that old. He just it looks like a completely different situation with him. And he's on the same team that he's been on. He's still in Chicago, catching passes from a different quarterback, but he's done much better with much worse quarterbacks in the past, right? He he came out and lit the league on fire with Blake Bortles in his rookie year. So um, I mean let's let's play a little name game. When you say that there's not a lot of guys out there that you would drop him for, would you drop him for Brandon Ayuk right now? Yes. Yes, yeah, I would. I, I think so too, because he's kind of in that same tier for me of guys who we had high hopes for coming into the season, are having a hard time disassociating his current value from his draft season value. Yeah. But I think that we've seen a little more from Ayuk in recent weeks than we have from Robinson. What about like a Hunter Renfro or Sterling Shepard?
0: Uh, Hunter Renfro, I probably would, especially now that, uh, Ruggs is, is gone, mm-hmm. gone, uh, Sterling Shepard, not so, not so sure. Cause I don't know what that offense looks like. We've seen a different offense and a different target leader almost every week. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. Allen Robinson is getting those targets he needs. He's just not doing a lot with those targets. So I, I, I'd rather be patient with Allen Robinson than drop him for Sterling Shepard.
1: Well, I'll I'll give you one more interesting one. Um, Would you drop him for Darnell Mooney?
0: (laughs) That that is definitely interesting. Yes. Yeah. All right. Because um, I know I I said I wouldn't drop him for guys in the same level without the same upside. But this is different because they're on the same team. So we can Mm -hmm. compare them kind of apples to apples. And they're getting about the same amount of volume in terms of targets, snap share. They split weeks who gets most. Uh, most of the snaps who gets most of the targets and we've seen Mooney do more with what he gets so in the same situation I can compare them directly and I would prefer Mooney It is
1: really close in terms of their usage and I know this by using the Fantasy Football by Broto app I actually pulled it up this morning when I was looking at these questions Uh, so Darnell Mooney on the season is seeing an 87.1 snap percentage versus Allen Robinson's 85.5 he's getting a 24.9 target percentage versus Robinson's 21.1 so it's close Mooney is playing like the one A right now, and he's yeah. earning targets proportionate to it. Um, that's not to say he's a better player than Allen Robinson. You know he's young. I think that chemistry, and I've said this before in my show, is a real thing between quarterbacks and wide receivers. For sure. And sometimes you get guys who just click, and sometimes you get guys who don't. Which again goes back to Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, going to Cleveland and being irrelevant uh, with Baker Mayfield sure. after after years of dominance with Eli Manning. So. Sometimes it's just a matter of mixing and matching personnel. And uh, right now we're seeing Mooney and Justin Fields on the same page. I think Fields continues to get better. I think that offense does have upside. But for whatever reason, that system is just not doing any favors for Allen Robinson. So I think yeah, it's bad. if you're asking, is he worth stashing? Yes, he is worth stashing. But he is yes. not on Um I think that if there's there's really somebody on your free agency pool or your waiver wires who you're really excited about, you really have a gut feeling about their upside, don't feel like you are obligated to hang on to Allen Robinson just because of what you paid for him in drafts. It is that Agreed. time of the year when you need to put that behind you and start worrying about value moving forward and who's going to give you the best chance to win the rest of the way. Um, more often than not, I think Allen Robinson is that guy, but sometimes he won't be, so don't feel tethered to him. Good question, Anthony. Uh, that actually, Anthony, is a, is somebody who I play in a league with personally mm. who I ha- happen to know sending that question. I tried trading low for Allen Robinson In like week two, uh, and I was trying to get rid of James Robinson, and I packaged him at the time, and I am so glad he rejected that trade. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Anthony. That was after the week one when it looked like Urban Meyer was just going to be a Carlos Hyde guy. You know, sometimes things happen for a reason.
0: Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Great luck.
1: Keep it rolling with the mailbag from Jerry in Ohio. What is the best tiebreaker method for fantasy playoffs? I love this question. I think it's so interesting because I don't really ever hear anybody talk about it. Uh, what what do you think based on what you have used in your leagues and, and your experiences? For sure.
0: Um, I actually had a brief discussion on Twitter uh, late last season about this, and I'll always be on team uh, points, points scored. I don't like head-to-head tiebreakers because you have no way of controlling how many points your opponent scores. You only have uh, a way to control your points. That's what should Mm. matter for fantasy playoffs and and, and, um, deciding between players for me. That's just clear as day for me.
1: That is such a good reason. I had the same answer, but that line of thinking didn't even occur to me. Um, I I love putting it in the hands of the managers and letting them determine their own fates with the things that they can control. Um, My reason for answering overall points was because I mean, first of all, it gives more opportunity for meaningful results in late season games. Yep. You know, if if you're tied at the end of the year with somebody who you haven't gone head-to-head against in eight weeks, that outcome was determined, you know, a month and a half ago. And it just feels anticlimactic to me. I, I like it coming down to the wire. I like people having to still set meaningful lineups in week 17, you know? Um, yep. Well, not week 17, but yeah, you know what well, I mean. Well, this year, but, yes. Yeah, so, the, 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 the last the last few weeks of the regular season. Yeah, yeah, I get it. If if I'm seeing that I'm gonna end up tied with somebody who beat me, you know, two months ago, I'm just gonna throw my hands up and, and duck out early. And I don't think that's the way to play fantasy football. Um I agree. Also obviously reduces the chances of a tie because there are managers who you play twice in the season. You could end up with one win each, then it just gets messy. Uh, obviously, you could still potentially tie with points scored, but it is much
0: less likely. Especially with fractional points.
1: Yes. I am not a, a applied maths major, but even I could tell you <laughs> that the the odds are are pretty remote.
0: Pretty slim, yeah.
1: Yeah, it is a unanimous uh, points for for us on Absolutely. that question. Thank you, Jerry in Ohio. Uh, you're probably a commissioner trying to figure out, I don't know if you're starting a new league or maybe thinking of making a change, but that is our recommendation take one more here before we take a break from the mailbag Uh, just another reminder to the folks watching at home or wherever you're watching from i guess you don't have to be watching at home in in today's world of technology Uh, 618 fan line is our number you can call in and join us on the show ask a question just chat weigh in on on some of our takes Uh, in the meantime we got nadine from california who wants to know if godwin ab and gronk all sit is there another bucks wide receiver worth starting this one came in a few days ago i think before some of the news about the buccaneers players broke Um, Let me check my notes here. Antonio Brown is ruled out. Gronk is ruled out. Chris Godwin is a game-time decision at 1 o'clock versus the Washington football team.
0: So it's ugly, pretty much. Uh, But yeah, I actually like Tyler Johnson uh, as a flyer this week. We already saw him play the third-most snaps and get actually the second-most targets uh, last time the Bucs played, and that was when Antonio Brown was also out and Rob Gronkowski was also out, so a similar situation. It's not my favorite option, but like we talked a little bit about DFS at the start of the show. For DFS, he's a very good punt play because he's be very cheap in salary and Mm -hmm. has a lot of potential because he's been getting the snaps, he's been getting the targets, and and that that's that'd be my option. I'm not a big Scotty Miller fan this week.
1: Yeah, I think Ty Johnson's gonna be a popular uh, dart throw in DFS. I love it. Uh, He was five of six for 65 yards in Week Eight versus the Saints. He's seen an uptick in in snaps ever since uh, Antonio Brown went out. Um, if you're going to bet... I, I mean, he's not a surefire. I'm not saying yeah, no, you know, fire sure. him up as a, as a flex or wide receiver three over a more reliable option in redraft uh, if you don't have to, but if you are hurting on bye, you have injuries, I think he's a guy that you can throw in and, and hope for some upside. Um, Scotty Miller's been out since I think week three with Turf Toe. Uh, he had some moments of relevance last year in situations where the guys ahead of him went out, but not enough to feel like he's going to come in and demand that role again from last especially season especially
0: not with turf though so his <laughs> first game back from uh, yeah. the IR not not great and oh, I've seen some uh Jalen Darden fans around also not a big on mm-hmm. him I think Tyler Johnson is gonna get that role and just box everyone else out no more room for anyone else
1: yep and for anybody who's wondering whatever happened to Justin Watson I believe he is out long term with the knee injury or something like that I remember seeing weeks ago he was out for like three or four months. So yeah, uh, people great. thinking back to last season, the great Scotty Miller versus Justin Watson debate of 2020, uh, that debate is no longer relevant. It is now Yo. Ty Johnson time. Let's go.
0: Or Cyril Grayson, if you're into that, but I'm personally not.
1: <laughs> That's true, but definitely worth mentioning. Um, so let's take a break from the mailbag here. I would like to talk a little bit more about your app, Santiago, and and if you could take a minute to highlight some of those unique stats that you guys have and talk about how they should be applied, because I feel like especially newer players might come into your app and see some of that vocabulary and say, okay, this is great. Now, what what do I take away from this and what action do I take based on the trends that I'm seeing on these stats?
0: For sure. Uh, What we want to do with the app, and I think we've managed pretty good, is... uh have it be for any type of player. So if you're just a beginner player or surface player, and you want to get some start set input, go into the start set tool, put, uh, put your two players in, you're done. If you want to get a little bit more in depth, we have points over average or defensive points over average, where you can see how defenses perform against fantasy positions over or under average, not just how many points they have allowed, but more how... Well, what percentage of points do they have as an increase or decrease to positions? For example, one way to interpret is if you if you see uh, Jets are plus 57%, I'm making this number subs, by the way, against running backs, that means that running backs, on average, increase their uh, points per game output by 57% when they play the Jets. It's not just... Honestly, that
1: sounds about people. right off the top of my head. <laughs> <That> yeah, <number.
0: laughs> I, I know the Jets are number one, but they're yeah. the worst. They might be even higher, like 90 80%. I know they were uh, at over 100% uh, at some point. So this That's gives crazy. you some context to points allowed because you always see, oh, yes, they allowed the most points against tight ends, but you see who they play, and they play Waller, Mark Andrews, and Travis Kelsey in a row. Of course, they're going to give a ton of points. You have to look at how many points over or under average the yeah. they, that, they score.
1: That figure is a really great tiebreaker. And again, for any newer players who are kind of listening to the show, and thinking about again how to apply this. That's not to say that you go into the app and you look at that and you see a, you know, ten percent differential and you're like, oh well, I'm gonna start, you know, Michael Carter over, uh, I don't know, an RB one this week. No, that's that's to say that if you have two guys who are about on the same tier, exactly. You kind of look at that to to kind of be the coin flip that breaks the decision. Absolutely. On the flip side, if you go in and you see a really dramatic number in either direction, maybe that's something that's a legitimate difference maker if you have a guy who's been really well producing but you see him going into a tough match where it's it's a minus you know 60 70 then you might give you pause so
0: yeah exactly that that's that'd be like our second level and then we have for super deep advanced players that want to look very deep into the stats and we have exclusive stats like rushing yards over expected mm. which uh, we calculate first expected in rushing yards with a uh, machine learning algorithm that takes into account, you know, yards to go, down, distance, time, quarter, uh, all of these variables and gives you an output. So in this play, the running back expected to gain four yards. He actually gained five. So he got one yard over expected. And that's just like the max level of, of intricacy you can get from the app. So we have this, all these different uh, different levels for different types of players.
1: Now, when you look at yards over expected, what do you learn from that about a player? Do you look at that and you say, oh, he, it's it's, an, it's a continuous trend that I can expect to keep up through the rest of the season, and he's going to keep outperforming his expected yards? Or is it to say, oh, he's doing better than expected. I can expect some sort of regression to the mean. How do you look at that figure?
0: It's a little bit of both. We, yeah. uh, in the app, you can look... Uh, expected rushing yards and rushing yards are respected and they both have value because expected rushing yards are a sticky metric week to week and year to year, even more so than yards per carry. If you look at yards per carry year to year they won't hold up. Sometimes players play Very well, and get easy situations. So they'll average 5.9 yards per carry. Then they get a bad situation, they'll average 3.4. Expected rushing yards maintains uh, a good medium of what to expect from players. So, for example, in the offseason, I used it to project for players all right, I'm thinking Mixon will get X number of attempts, and I multiply it by the expected rushing yards he had the year prior instead of his yards per carry. And that will give me a more faithful output of how many rushing yards I expect him to get. So that's how you look at expected rushing yards as a better yards per carry. And then rushing yards for expected is not a predictive metric, more of an evaluation metric. You see how Mm -hmm. players are doing and kind of compare them who are in similar compared to players who are in a similar situation to see who's doing more with what they have beyond yards per carry. Because if you have a a goal line touch at the one yard line, I mean, you're going to have one yard per carry if you score. And it does not a bad thing because you were expected to gain about uh, one yard. And that's also part of the context that this gives. It's, it's just to give more context to traditional stats.
1: Great point. That's why you're going to see so many fantasy points for James Conner, but probably such a low, you know, yards for, carry. Yards for yeah, yeah. yeah um, that's great. And just, just a little bit of vocabulary note there. When we say a sticky stat in, in the industry, we mean something that we can expect to continue and that we can use to expect to inform our uh, fantasy value for that player moving forward. Correct.
0: Yes, correct. Something yeah. that's gonna stay consistent.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, a great example of a of a sticky stat would be targets, and a terrible example of a sticky stat would be touchdowns. Exactly. Uh, just a that's just a very high stakes. level uh, example again for newer players who who may not be familiar with some of this stuff. Um.
0: Yeah. Please tell me if I get like too technical. I, I tend to just dive and in, into my. You're money. good, man. That's that's <laughs>
1: what we're here for. I know that we have people listening to the show who have been playing for many years, but we also have people listening who are in their first or second season and are here because they want to learn more about the game and, and you know, maybe dig a little bit deeper. I mean, it's all it's all about giving yourself, you know, microscopic edges over the course of a season. Right. I, I played with people who had no idea what they were doing, who beat a league full of people who had been playing for years <laughs> yeah. because it's a game that relies on luck to some extent. But more often than not, the people making the educated decisions are going to come out on top. Um, and I started this show specifically, Fantasy Fanline, because I feel like conversation around this information is really important to put things in context. Um, I think that there is a lot of value and a time and place for looking at uh, cheat sheets and, and expert consensus rankings. But if you're not understanding the information that you're consuming, it's worthless i mean it's it's only as valuable as your application of it so um that is why i was really excited to get into some of this applied math stuff today and and one one more stat that i really wanted to look at and put into context for our listeners and let me pull it up here because i thought this was really cool true target value why don't Mm. you talk a little bit about about that and how you apply it to your uh opinion of a player's value
0: Yeah, this is also something I use sort of a target, I'm sorry, uh, as a tiebreaker between tiers, not just as a decision maker outright. Mm -hmm. And the way this is calculated is it's completely agnostic to wide receivers. We first look at the QB and how valuable their throws are. We split them into red zone or not red zone. So throws to the outside, throws to the middle, and then assign an average value for each type of throw. And then we see how many of those throws a specific receiver is seeing. So if you have a player that's getting five targets and another player that's getting five targets, but player one is getting five targets in the middle of the field to the outside, it's not going to be the same as a player that gets five targets in the red zone to the outside. They are much more valuable. This is the true target value that each player gets that comes from... The type of target they're getting, the number of targets they're getting, and the QB that's throwing those targets. Because also five targets from Ryan Tannehill is not the same as five targets from Daniel Jones.
1: I was going to so, ask if that's factored in.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's that's awesome. really depending on, on the QB. We calculate the, the average value of a throw for each QB, and we have true throw value in the app that you can check as well. And then extrapolate that to the types and number of targets each receiver gets to get the, the true target value.
1: That's that's incredible, man. And that is that is a granular uh, distinction point that I have not really seen anybody talk about. You see a lot of people throw around, again, targets as a sticky stat. And yes, it is sticky to some extent, but at some point in some situations, all the targets in the world are not going to amount to anything if they're not valuable targets. And I Sorry. actually pulled up, I was looking through there this week, at, at some Uh, interesting um, leaders in in various metrics that I wanted to call out here and kind of get your take on what it means and whether or not maybe this is somebody to uh, buy low on or sell high on. Um, True target values for wide receivers in 2021. Number three on that list is Keenan Allen right now. What do you you make of that?
0: I make of that that we've seen that Justin Herbert's throws have been valuable because we've seen it with uh, Mike, Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. And recently who's we've a- seen, uh, also on
1: the top 10 list, Mike Williams, by the
0: way, I mean, y- you can see where that comes from, but we've seen yep. an uptick in throws to Keenan Allen and value throws and and uh, sort of a, a little bit trend down for Mike Williams as well. So what this tells us is we can expect very high outputs for Keenan Allen in the future. The the way things are training in, in terms of the target totals and who's throwing them. He is in a mm-hmm. prime spot to produce at a high level. And maybe we haven't seen the, the his ceiling so far this season. That's what I interpret. Yeah, and
1: that's the kind of actionable insight that really makes this tool so valuable is because you can kind of look at it and see where the differences in expectations diverge from maybe the way that people are valuing this player right now. Keenan Allen is wide receiver number 29 so far in the season, if you can believe it. So if there's a manager in your league who values him that way or anywhere near, you know, back-end wide receiver two kind of value... And when you're looking at him number three on your true target value list right now, (laughs) go make an offer, you know? That's crazy. Uh, Another guy on that list that I thought was interesting, more towards the bottom of, like, the 10-12 range, was T. Higgins on the Bengals, surprisingly, Uh, right behind Robert Woods, RIP, who just tore his ACL. Oh, man, so sad. Well, we'll get into that later. But um, another couple of things that I wanted to take a look at. uh, Oh, this is – oh, now I'm looking at the uh, the consistency – lists. And I I thought this was really cool too. So basically what you guys have here is is an arrangement of aggregated rankings of players who finished as a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, how many times they've done it. Uh, And and that holds true for each position. But I thought it was interesting that Marquise Brown so far is second in the league in wide receiver one consistency at five games. And I, I call that out, not because I don't think He's a good player. I think he just has the reputation because he's a smaller, speedier guy of being more of a boomer bust player yeah. in an offense that doesn't throw much. But that is not the case. He's got five weeks as a wide receiver one this year. And that just blew my mind when I saw it. I mean, is that something that you expect to continue?
0: Ooh, that that now you're getting into a different topic, like looking <laughs> at stats from the past and seeing things yeah you think is continuous. It, it, it's, it's a very difficult subject. Personally, I do think he can... He can keep it up. What you said about him being a, a, a small, speedy receiver and an offense doesn't pass much, so we expect him to be more robust. I think that's the Tyler Lockett effect. Mm-hmm. They are in a very similar situations, and, and we can tend to compare them. I do not think they are the same. I think Marquise Brown has more of an alpha role in his offense that allows him to produce more consistently. And I do expect him, maybe not at the same rate as he is right now, but to keep producing at a high level. I definitely do.
1: Yeah, I love that take. I, I think that that stereotype exists for players of that kind of physical, uh, you know, archetype, because those wide receivers are not usually the alpha target in the offense. Yeah. But we've seen situations, i.e., Tyreek Hill in uh, Kansas City, especially last yeah. year, where they can come out and be used consistently and produce consistently. Um, and I, I think this also kind of goes back to like the Deshaun Jackson years when he was a, the epitome of a boomer bus player. I think that people looked at guys like that and guys like Tyler Lockett, and they say, okay, well, the the smaller, faster guys will get the occasional big, week winning plays but not necessarily be useful, consistent wide receiver ones, twos on your team. And that's not what we're seeing this year with Hollywood Brown. I love it. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, a couple more we'll call out, and then we'll get back to the mailbag because this is so much fun for me. I think this stuff is so cool. Um, similarly, on the consistency chart for leading wide receiver twos, um, Stefan Diggs is on there, which, you know, you don't love to see if you drafted him as a one, hmm. but Christian Kirk and AJ green, both on that list at four and three weeks respectively, a uh, lot of passing work to go around, uh, on the Cardinals. And I, I know a lot of people are feeling right now, like you never really know which guy it's going to be, but I think what we're seeing is that there's so much volume and so much offense that, um, they're all kind of safe from week to week.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really has been that. And also, we've seen a uh, less than 100% version of DeAndre Hopkins. So that's been helping the, the, the wide receivers that is around true. him. And now that Chase Edmonds is out for a couple of weeks, they say it's a high ankle sprain, so we can expect a couple of weeks out. We can see how this will impact the wide receivers, especially someone with uh, low depth of targets like uh, mm-hmm. Ronda Moore, which may take those uh, shallow targets that, Chase Edmonds was getting, and and we'll see. We can see an, another wide receiver involved in the passing game that wasn't uh, in the same level as Kirk and Green. So we might even see three or four viable fantasy wide receivers out of the Cardinals, which is kind of impressive, honestly.
1: Love it. Um, speaking of teams with a, a variety of different receiving options that are relevant mm-hmm. for fantasy football, I want to take one more look at at another stat. This is true throw value for quarterbacks, and yeah. and before I I. Uh, identify this player. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you arrive at true throw value for quarterbacks?
0: Yeah, true throw value is actually the first step where we talked about when talking about true target value where we look at how on average what type of throws a quarterback is throwing and how much are those throws worth in terms of fantasy points. So if if it's a team that when they get to the red zone they just run a lot those quarterbacks throws Mm -hmm. are going to be less valuable because he's not getting the touchdowns. Or if it's a, a team that throws a lot to the middle or a lot to the outside, that's going to play into how much the quarterback's throws are worth, and in addition to their actual talents and how good they are at completing those throws, etc. So it's just a, an average, a situational average, if you will, a weighted average of their throws and how much each of them is worth.
1: Yeah, in hindsight, as soon as I heard you talk about how you uh, calculate true uh, target values, I was like, oh, I totally should have started with true throw value and then
0: <laughs> we're yeah, yeah, over to targets. Yeah, that was the but... way to go.
1: That's okay. When when I uh, put out this highlight clip on YouTube, I'll just reverse it because that's the magic of post production. Um, so the top two on the true throw value list right now: Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford. Off the top of your head, can you guess the third? I know this is your tool, but I'm sure you don't yeah. study the uh, the outcome every week.
0: And I, I don't know, mean to put you on the true throw value in a long a long time. But uh, I I know someone that was up there for a while, and uh, I don't know if he's still up there. I'm so I'm just gonna guess. I don't know if this is a product of Small sample size, but Tyrod Taylor was up there for a while. I don't know if he's still third.
1: It it is not Taylor. Uh, I don't. I don't even see him top ten anymore. So it looks All like right. he, so, he took a pretty yeah. steep dive. But yeah, good yeah. good strategy yeah. guessing somebody <laughs> unexpected. It it is not somebody that unexpected, but certainly yeah, right. probably not someone in your top few guesses. It's Joe Burrow sitting at number three right now. Uh, what what do you what do you make of that?
0: I make of that that he has. Um, higher-than-average middle-of-the-field throw because of all the long touchdowns that T. Higgins have has housed. So yep. if you compare his middle-of-the-field throw to the average middle-of-the-field throw, it's not going to be the same because middle-of-the-field throw, I don't know, I'm just going to guess, 30% of his middle-of-the-field throws to T. Higgins have gone for a touchdown. That's mm-hmm. insane. That's uh, absolutely crazy output. So that's probably putting him higher than most. I don't think it's totally unexpected. I think he's been a very solid QB. The top three may be a little bit steep.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely taken a big step forward this year, and he is uh, carrying plenty of fantasy-relevant offensive weapons with him on that team. You love to see it. And I, I call him out not because I don't think that he's a, a good quarterback or even a good fantasy quarterback, but when, when you're up there with Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford and behind him is yeah. Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, one of those names really jumped out, so I thought it was worth talking about. But um, just, just a really fascinating set of stats and tools that will, if nothing else, make you sit down and point out the things that don't seem like they belong. And when you find yep. those outliers, that is really your opportunity to take action. Am I right? And get and get Absolutely. ahead of get ahead of the trends. Yeah.
0: Yes. That's so that's it's, exactly what Fancy's about. You just analyzing the trends and what sticks out and taking advantage of it.
1: Amen, dude. And it's a ton of fun. Um, oh, yeah. so, so do you want to take one more second uh, before we get back to the mailbag just to let people know where to find this app and, and how they can download and use it?
0: Sure. Uh, you can find it actually Google play store app store, anywhere you find apps. It's uh, fantasy football by Broto. If you go to my Twitter, which is at Broto B R O T O F F Casanova, it's on the screen uh you can find a link to it in my bio so it's very easy whether you have android iphone doesn't matter you can just click on it and it will direct you to the to the app store it's completely free 100 percent free all the features you just have to just give us your name and whatever and yeah it's completely 100 percent free to use
1: there you have it folks download it enjoy and uh shoot santiago a tweet to thank him once it helps you win your league this year Hey, so, hopefully
0: with,
1: yeah yeah fingers crossed man uh with that said we're going to get back to our mailbag again this is at fantasyfanline.com you can write in anytime during the week if you can't join us live if you can join us live and you're watching this show right now you can call us 618 fanline to get on the air with us in the meantime ken from texas wants to know uh darrell williams or brandon bolden this week if harris and stevenson are both out from uh like i said ken in texas so uh, bolden right now looking like the only show in town for running backs in New England, potentially. What do you make of this?
0: I mean, I like that because uh, the problem with backfields like New England, uh, historically, is that they have many guys that they like to use and they rotate, so you never know who's going to get the vocal to work. If we get a situation where some are sidelined by injury and have uh, a pretty clear cut or more principal guy in the backfield, I really want to play him. And for from the looks of it, I think Stevenson is... Trending to be out, and I'm not sure about Harris. But uh, I, I'm definitely interested about Brandon Bolden, especially because he's been getting the passing work. So it's not Damon Harris who has been almost exclusively rushing in that backfield alone. You have a guy that has been getting rushing and receiving work, which is exactly what you want for fantasy.
1: Yeah, last I saw was that both uh, Harris and Stevenson didn't practice Thursday. and not sure about yep. Friday, but I, I assume they probably did not practice again or I would have heard something. Um, the Patriots have Cleveland this week. Uh, Kansas City is going to Las Vegas. Um, you know, both not not great matchups. Um, I think Darrell not. Williams is is uh, going a little bit underrated in terms of his usage as a receiver out of the backfield, which I think is interesting because they didn't really use Clyde Edwards-Alaire that much, and he had a good rep coming out of college as being a pass-catching running back. But, yeah. uh, Williams has at least three catches in his past five straight and he has been okay as a runner. Um, Derek Gore was not really a factor in Week 9 after kind of a scare uh, in Week 8 with 11 carries and a touchdown. Um, So I think Williams is probably the safer play, but if I'm looking for upside, uh, I would probably go Bolden if the rest of that backfield is empty. He's been really efficient as a runner uh, in limited opportunities. Um, Hasn't gotten a ton of work, but is doing a lot with it, and I'm sure the numbers in your app would uh, support that. So... Um, kind of depends on your matchup here. If you are projected uh, with a good lead, I would probably go with Williams just because he's less likely to completely disappear and uh, sink your team on the week. Um, but if you if it's closer or you need to kind of come from behind, roll out Bolden, hope for some explosions because they're capable of it in that backfield.
0: that's my favorite way to look at star decision too. Like, do you need floor? Do you need ceiling? Uh, that's the way I look at them. That's the way I tell people to look at them. And uh, it's a perfect explanation of the situation, too. I like it. Glad we're
1: on the same page, man. Great minds think alike. Me and all those applied math geniuses out there. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Samantha from New York wants to know, uh, do I flex Dearness Johnson or Jerry Judy this week? This one's a little easier for me, but I will get your opinion first.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming this question was asked when we didn't know Nick Chubb was confirmed out. Uh, now that we do, I'm definitely flexing. Dearness Johnson. I, I think he has uh, RB1 potential. I've seen him projected as an RB4, and I think I'm mean, like the, the RB4. Oh, I, think I was going to say. Bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a little bit uh, steep for me and setting, up, setting yourself up for failure, but I think RB11, RB12 is not out of the question, and that's definitely uh, a very good flex to have. And Jerry Judy is a good player, but does not have the same upset as Johnson.
1: Yeah, I mean, Chubb was, you know, diagnosed with COVID earlier in the week, and there was a chance that he might clear protocol and play this Sunday. He was ruled out definitively, I think, yesterday. Um, So Johnson is the guy in Cleveland this week. And last time we saw that happen was Week 7 versus Denver um, when Chubb and Hub were both out. Johnson carried for 22 times for 146 yards and a touchdown, two catches for 22 yards. He put up 24 fantasy points. So not saying that's going to happen again but yeah, it is in the realm hard. of possibility. And uh, Cleveland's a great running team. And if he's the lead guy there, he's going to get every opportunity to do that again, I think.
0: Um, Something that's worth noting is that uh, the Browns have five running backs on their roster. Four are officially out for Sunday. So <laughs> That seems Johnson,
1: impossible.
0: Yeah, I mean, Graham Hunt's not coming back from IR. Felton and Chubb have COVID. And then there's uh, another guy that just, was never expected to play and is injured as well. So it's just the Dearness <laughs> Johnson and Andy Yanovich show this week. They'll literally get every opportunity.
1: I, I don't know why Dearness Johnson wasn't in the running back room when I guess they broke a mirror or something and just cursed he, that's, themselves. <laughs> that's
0: perfect. He, he he took every precaution and, and just made it out.
1: Yeah, whatever running back party they all went to when they caught COVID and, and broke all their bones and stuff, he skipped it. He had he had something else to do. That he had a date and uh, good for him. Yeah, I think he's gonna reap the benefits. <laughs> Jerry Judy, uh, I I'm in on the talent. The situation's just not not it's not happening. Um, he's got no, ten catches really. for just over a hundred yards in the past two games combined since coming back from injury. Uh, he's seeing a target on twenty five percent of his routes this year, which is the highest on the team. Eventually, he's gonna do something with him, but. Um, I don't know, man. What what do you think of the Jerry Judy situation in Denver with Cortland Sutton and the resurgence of the great Tim Patrick?
0: Yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting. I really do like the talent. Uh, even coming out of college. I think I, I thought he was a number two receiver of that class and he has proven me right in that regard. But it also comes back to what we talked about with through throw value and two target value. Teddy Bridgewater is not great when it comes to giving high value targets. And especially now that there's a bit of a competition and there's no clear alpha or if if you can consider a clear alpha, it's definitely not Judy. This is not what you want to see in terms of fantasy. So it's not someone I can start confidently in my wide receiver spot or my flex spot. Um, we just have to wait for talent to rise to the top. Right now, that's not happening. So just hold on tight and wait for the right opportunity, I think.
1: Yeah. Teddy Two Gloves, great nickname. Not a great enough passer, I think, oh, for yeah. us to be flexing Jerry Judy over to Ernest
0: Johnson yeah, yeah. when he's he's Absolutely.
1: got the show to himself. Uh, Adrian in South Carolina wants to know, oh, should I trade Tyreek and AP for Najee Harris? This is a big one.
0: It's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, I, I have to say. And uh, Eileen, no. I want to keep Tyreek on my team. I want to have that extreme upside top, top number one wide receiver in fantasy Potential. We haven't seen that from him this year because Patrick Mahomes seemed to be a little bit broken. But if we can <laughs> well, get back said. to normal, <laughs> Tyreek still has all that potential. I, AP is nothing more than a wide receiver three. I'm sorry, running back three with running back two weekly potential if he catches a touchdown or just bouncing him for a touchdown. Najee Harris is an interesting choice because he's been getting a ton of volume. But we've seen uh, his target totals decline in the past weeks, and I've seen someone compare it to the emergence of Pat Firemouth, where mm. if you see the Pat Friermuth uh, target totals and the Najee, Harry, Najee Harris uh, target totals, are just one going up, one going down, and I think that is slightly significant, especially for fantasy, and uh, I don't want uh, someone as inefficient as Najee Harris, even though he gets all the volume, when I can have Tyreek Hill in my roster. He's still a good fantasy player. Najee is, but uh, I, it's not someone I'm trying actively to acquire.
1: Yeah, I t- I totally understand the question. Um, oh, sure. And I think sure. that it's not easy. Yeah, it, it in in a vacuum, I side with you that I would not trade away Tyreek and AP in this situation. Um, Harris has been great. He's the RB six so far in points per game on the season, and uh, you know, per the Broto fantasy app, he is the top. Rated uh, RB one in consistency metrics. I think seven weeks on the year, so um, he's been great and he's doing it consistently. But man, that is an expensive price to pay. Um, oh yeah, position scarcity, you know, is is a factor. It is much harder, I think, to come by elite running backs than elite wide receivers. Yes. So, if you're in a situation where your wide receivers are stacked, I mean, I'm sure you drafted Tyreek Hill as your one. But if you got lucky on some you know, kind of mid to late round guys who've, who have stepped up, you know, maybe you scored with Debo Samuel or, you know, hoping for Mike Williams to to kind of get back to form and you have enough depth and you really, you know, got unlucky with the injury bug on running backs. This is not a deal that you have to avoid if it's going to improve your team and help you win. But if you're in a vacuum where you're like, okay, I don't have any specific positional needs. I'm good at running back. I'm good at wide receiver. I'm just looking to boost the value of my team. I would stay away from this one.
0: Absolutely agree. All, all trades are situational. If you're looking yeah. at uh, each individual player value, the Tyreek side is more valuable in my opinion. But if your team is in dire need of a running back and like you said, you have maybe Cooper Cup that you drafted late or Debo Samuel, a combination of, of, of many decent wide receivers, this is not a terrible trade by any means. I just said, uh, like, thinking about in in a vacuum, I'd rather have Tyreek in the future.
1: Yeah, I mean, Tyreek Hill, despite the perception of the Chiefs offense dropping off this year, which they have, uh, he's been very boomer bust. But he's still a wide receiver three on the year, which surprised me when I looked it up, just just because it doesn't feel that way. But he's still producing. He's still winning you weeks occasionally. And there's still a world where AP is very usable. I mean, he's one game into his Titans career right now. He he used that game to go 10 for 21 and a touchdown. So not not what you like to see, but he's, you know, one of the all-time greats. He was once. He's 36 now. Um, yeah. But he's fresh legs is a thing, man. Uh, there's a chance he gets up to speed and just, you know, just the work ethic and the the physical um kind of freak that he is there's there's still a world where he is used effectively in that offense that produced you know the rushing title holder like the last few years straight so uh he's not derrick henry but he was once you know ap was was a world beater and uh, if those of you who are listening to this who are newer to fantasy and just started playing ap was the dude for a while uh not not that long ago so um, you know, this isn't Frank Gore coming back at age 48 or whatever he is now. This is, uh, oh, yeah. this is a guy coming in midway through the season on a run heavy offense. So, um, I would sit tight on this if you can afford to do so,
0: Adrian. Uh, I G- agree. Good question Agreed.
1: though. All right. We got one more mailbag question. We'll get to here. Uh, then we got about 10 minutes left on the show. We're going to leave the phone lines open. 618 fan line. If anybody wants to hop in, in the meantime, Drew in Tennessee is wondering Jalen hurts or Carson Wentz rest of the way. Interesting question, given recent trends. I know why it's being asked. Yeah. What do you think?
0: Um, I think Yeah, I absolutely get where this is coming from. We've seen Carson Wentz sort of uh, without the resurgence and, and with Michael Pittman oh, both working very nice and then even passing to Jonathan Taylor. But the thing that Jalen Hurts has that is so, so important for fantasy is the rushing upside or rushing floor that he gets. It, you sometimes are watching an Eagles game and you see... Jalen Hurts play and you think to yourself he's having a terrible game by all accounts. Then you look, check for fantasy and he is a QB1, cemented into the top 8, top 7 because he gets these magical rushing points maybe just accumulating yards, a touchdown here and there and that's incredibly valuable for fantasy and someone you want to have week in, week out regardless of the matchup he's going to get you these magical out of nowhere points and that's what I want
1: Yeah, Jalen Hurts Man, I can't think of anybody more stressful to roster in your team this year. (laughs) Um, And and hopefully you have learned to sit back and trust the system and just roll him out every week. Um, I I roster him and start him in the league that I play in with our guest who came on the show last week, Sanchi Value. And there was a few weeks into the season, there was a week where Hertz was going into the last quarter of the game with like three fantasy points. And he messaged our league. He was like, Greg, are you worried? And I was like, no because he's going to do nothing until the last five minutes of the game. And all of a sudden he's going to have 28 fantasy points. And that's exactly what happened. And it was no problem. But, um, you know, if you're playing Hurts, you just got to not watch the games and just check in with the box score afterwards and you'll be fine. Um, It's a really interesting question because I think they're, they're really, they really have opposite trajectories. Um, Hurts has been consistently great most of the season, um, really all year until a couple of weeks ago when he failed to crack 20, 20 fantasy points for the first time. Um, and it's
0: worth noting uh that that game is one that they won 44 to 6 so it's right. like he had a terrible game where the eagles just didn't do anything they were just dominating so much that he didn't have to do much so the,
1: the game where he played the best on the field really was the week where he dropped off yeah. that was the only week of the <laughs> season when he wasn't top 12 at the position and that was against Crazy. the lions in week eight is the game you're referencing um conversely carson wentz was okay most of the year uh but kind of crossed paths with Hurts with, uh, on his way down, and it has been putting up 20-plus points in four of his last five in the last three straight. So uh, he's been on fire. They both have a bye week ahead in Week 14. Um, I lean with you, and I'm still going to go Jalen Hurts just because of the rushing, certainly not as a vote of confidence for him as a passer or for his pass-casting yeah. weapons as opposed to the Colts. Um, the system is just broken in terms of scoring for rushing fantasy quarterbacks. It is not my place to say whether or not it should be yeah. scored differently, but as long as it's being scored this way, you got to lean into it and take advantage of it.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think uh the the standard quote unquote fantasy scoring rules are flawed and we need a yeah. sort of a reform, but that's a different that's a different topic.
1: Where where do you like Carson Wentz the rest of the way? Has he climbed into the kind of the back end quarterback 1 rankings.
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah, I haven't looked at it just uh, I don't usually do rest of season rankings, maybe I should. Yeah. Uh he's not definitely not one of the elites, but uh w- with the his recent results, he's definitely into the what? uh ra- sorry, quarterback 1 consideration in my opinion. I
1: I guess let me put it this way is, is he not somebody anymore who you are thinking about starting conditionally based on matchup. I mean, certainly you're going to sit him probably against the 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 best of the best defenses, but I think that there's definitely yeah. a category of guys that you start and don't worry about, and there's a category of guys who For you sure. look at and you think about. Oh, but there's you know maybe a Trevor Lawrence, I grab and the right matchup and, and plug him in if he's going against like the Jets or something, you know?
0: Yeah, he's definitely not matchup proof like someone like Jalen Hurts is, who faced uh, I think one of the toughest defenses last week and still produced at a very good level. Carson West is not at that level where he's matchup proof. But you do consider him for most matchups, I think. So that's that's his value right now.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh, good question, Drew. Hope this is helpful to you and everybody else probably wondering the same thing. Um, let's take a few minutes and talk through some recent news that came in uh, as recently as today. But we'll, we'll start with something oh, yeah. a little bit older. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> signs with the Rams. The rich get richer for a minute until they get poorer today. Oh, we'll man. talk about that too. But what do you think... Uh, well, as long as we're talking about this, we might as well also discuss Robert Woods tears his ACL in Friday's practice. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, it's, it's just, It
0: just feels scripted, man. It's it just, really. Uh, I was about to say you could not make <laughs> this
1: stuff up and sound more ridiculous. Um, and I got this notification an hour before the show, and all I saw was the first line, Robert Woods tears his ACL out for season. I looked at my calendar. I was like, doing what? Was there a game today that I was not aware of, but it turns out it was in yesterday's practice. I guess they just confirmed it. What yeah. does it all mean, Santiago? Help us.
0: I had my uh, my answer prepared for this question <laughs> uh, without the rubber woods news. I was just going to talk about how Van Jefferson is going to take it in the fall and whatever. But let's, let's talk about the real stuff here. Yeah. Odo Beckham is in the best position has been in, in years. He is walking into an offense as, I think, a still very talented wide receiver who may demand his fair share of target share and as a clear number two option in the passing game for a very good quarterback who we saw as number two in throw true throw value. That is as good as it gets. And i jumping into consideration for OBJ as a wide receiver too, rest of season. Mm-hmm. Whether I get proven right or wrong is yet to be determined because there's a lot of questions about OBJ. I don't think this affects Cooper Cup too much. I do like the value it gets for OBJ. It's just immense. And Van Jefferson, I think, might retain the same role he had all along. So he comes out of the situation unscathed, probably, in my opinion. You know,
1: I've been seeing a lot of people joking on Twitter that OBJ went in and sabotaged Robert Woods. But since you put it this way, it occurs to me that Maybe the real guy with the motive and the opportunity here is Van Jefferson. Jefferson. (laughs) (laughs) They pull off the Scooby-Doo mask at the end, and it's Van Jefferson (laughs) under there trying to retain his wide receiver three role. And I don't blame him because, uh, you know, that's an offense that rolls out a lot of three wide receiver sets. And until a couple hours ago, Van Jefferson was out of that equation. Uh, He's back, baby. And, um, you know, there's, like you said, you can't really make any guarantees about obj's level of play um it has been a minute since we've seen him be relevant but he's going to have every opportunity now uh, as the the two in that offense with matthew stafford so um if it's ever going to happen again for obj this is how and when it happens absolutely um,
0: it's make a break for him absolutely
1: yeah we had an interesting discussion a few weeks ago somebody wrote in and asked if we thought that obj was going to be a hall of famer uh someday Ooh. when he retires and it was an easy no for me at the time yeah, i thought he yeah. was a Hall of Fame-level talent who didn't have a Hall of Fame career, um, it is not impossible that he changes my mind in the next couple of years. I'm not projecting that. Uh, but in Cleveland, I would have said there's no way. Um, in Los Angeles, there is a way. So,
0: Yep, absolutely. I agree with that. Just the, the way you put it, like he has Hall of Fame-level talent, but he hasn't had Hall of, Lev- of Fame-level production is absolutely right. And uh, I stand with you 100% on that.
1: Uh, breaking news by the way the Patriots have just ruled out running back Damian Harris with a concussion so
0: oh okay so Brandon Bolden becomes very very interesting in my opinion
1: he seems to be the guy I don't know if they've for sure ruled out Ramondre Stevenson Um, I haven't seen anything on that but if they if they don't I mean you feel any differently about Stevenson than you do about Bolden is he a
0: Mm, yes because I think Bolden has been getting most of that uh, passing work let me just Mm. confirm and. This one, I'm not talking about things. Yeah, Brandon Bolden has an eleven per, had eleven percent target share week nine. He had five uh, percent. Oh, actually had zero percent week eight. So it's still a mess that backfield. It's not no two ways to look about it. But
1: uh, yeah, Bolden it, definitely has the narrative of being the pass catching running back. But I'm not sure the numbers always support that.
0: No, he he did get a lot of targets uh, last week, which mm-hmm. is more of a recency bias thing from people. But uh, he has been very inconsistent like we've come to expect from patrons running backs. So it's if Stevenson is out, I'm definitely firing up Bolden. If not, then I'll give uh, Daryl Williams some consideration for sure.
1: Okay. Good to know. Um, Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers agree to terms. Uh, Cam is back. Dude, the jokes on Twitter have been killing me with people photoshopping him into a Panthers jersey. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah so good. Um, What does it mean for for Cam? What does it mean for his receiving options and McCaffrey, if anything?
0: McCaffrey, I think, is in a good spot because we've seen that offense in the past and I like what I've seen from that offense. And uh, Cam Newton, I think, becomes a very relevant option in in fantasy because he was better than people want to give him credit for when he was with the Patriots. So Now, if you're bringing him back with weapons that he already knows, and he has that rushing upside that we've come to know. Not as dramatic as Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is in another planet. But Cam Newton also has the talents to be a very safe quarterback in terms of fantasy because he gets the rushing that gives you those magical points. He doesn't have to be the best passer. So I think he comes in and, and produces at a QB high-end QB2 level the rest of the season. I like him. I like it for him.
1: Yep, I agree with that take. Uh, Cam's another guy who not that long ago was just a complete monster in fantasy football for years. He was the top five guy, and he was another guy who you watch him on the field as a passer, and you're like, I don't get it. And then you look at the box score, and the numbers were there. It was rushing touchdowns. It was, it was scrambles. It was design runs. And he finds a way each and every week, it seems like, to produce, or at least he did uh, for a long time in Carolina. He's back there now with DJ Moore, a receiver who he knows well from his last day in Carolina. Um, I like it. I think Cam is a useful guy. I would give it a week or two, um, maybe just to kind of, uh, I don't know if you have that long. I mean, depending on the timetable there. I
0: mean, he's not even starting this week, so it's a little bit of a setback and you'll have to wait. But if you have a bench spot to spare, I would definitely try to roster Cam and see if he helps you for fantasy playoffs. He, He could be that X factor for your team.
1: Yeah, especially in two quarterback leagues. I mean, by now if you're listening oh, yeah. to this and you don't already have him, it's probably too late to grab him in those leagues. But um he might still be out there in one QB league. So if you're if you have a guy who you've been struggling with in that position, if you have like a I don't know, like a Matt Ryan maybe who just, you know, lost Calvin Ridley, he's he's looked better lately, Matt Ryan has, but I don't, I don't really know, and the one game they played without Ridley was such a weird game that I don't know what to, to make of that offense moving forward. I think I would probably stash a Cam Newton and maybe think about how I want to play them moving forward.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, okay, so we have a couple more items to hit here. We are just over an hour. you cool for another few minutes if we hang out and talk some news? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Um, we already discussed Nick Chubb being ruled out Sunday, so we'll skip that one and go to Alvin Kamara, who was also ruled out Sunday with a knee injury. Um, Mark Ingram, suddenly the guy <laughs> in New Orleans.
0: Yeah, again, once again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what year is it right now? Cam Newton going to Carolina, uh, Ingram starting for the Saints. Um, Crazy. Ha- how do you feel about old, old uh, Mark Ingram? I like the, the, it, honestly. Yeah.
0: I, I really do like it. Uh, we've seen that Camara is not the best Pure rushing running back. He gets a lot of things done in the passing game. Ingram, on the other hand, is very good at rushing. And we've seen it uh, just in this past week when he played with the Saints. And the coaching staff liked him, too. So they gave him a 37 points, uh, 37.5% rushing share already with Kamara in the mix. So without Kamara, he just becomes um, the main guy in that backfield. We've seen him produce in the past. And, of course, he's older now. But whenever you have a, a guy that's going to be the feature back in an offense, that's someone you want to start because volume leads to points most of the time. So you want to sort of chase that volume, that promise of of volume to to get solid production. It's different from wide receivers where they could get targets and, and no points because they don't catch them. Mm-hmm. Running backs, they usually get more catchable targets and guaranteed touches from from carries. So it's when you have a, a running back in this situation, you most likely flex him to some degree.
1: Yeah, he's always been an underrated runner, I think, and pass catcher, mind you. He's 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 pretty yeah. good uh, out of the backfield as a receiver. Um, he's on a team with a great defense. They're playing the Titans this week. Um, the rest of that offense is Trevor Simeon throwing to nobody. So um if it's not yeah if it's not Ingram, I don't know what I don't know how they're gonna win that game. Um, so, you know, I think that's how they're going to score points in that game. They're going to play, keep away from the Titans high powered offense. They're going to try to keep the ball on the ground, uh, keep the ball out of the hands of Ryan Tannehill and, uh, the fearsome Adrian Peterson. That's what I would do anyway,
0: if I were the Saints. So, uh, but I'm not, so we'll we'll see what happens. (laughs) We'll definitely see Sean Payton, what ideas he has.
1: Yeah, I'd be making a lot more money in that job than this one, but at least I get to work in my basement. So, <laughs> uh, ooh, We, we talked about Robert Woods tearing his ACL. I just brought it up again, I guess, to reinforce the pain on all of his managers. I'm so sorry. Uh, I think that's the end of our major news. So, Santiago, man, this has been so much fun. I'm glad we got to do this, and I hope we oh, get yeah. to do it again later in the season. Um, Absolutely. I'm going to take one more opportunity here to plug uh, everything you've got going on, the app as well as the podcast, and and talk a little bit about... guess the rest of brodo we didn't even mention uh the bros who uh consisted that team with you i don't think you want to talk a little bit about who they are and what the the company as a whole is about and everything that you guys uh offer to your listeners and readers etc yeah
0: absolutely uh yeah the 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 brothers that gave brodo its name uh it took me weeks to to put that together by (laughs) the way i'm i'm so
1: ashamed to say that
0: yeah it's 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 difficult. Sometimes people don't read it as Broto. They like say B roto and and, and that, <laughs> that gets lost. Was,
1: that was me until I started listening to the podcast. There, and, there you uh, go. It, then it became immediately clear.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh, the, the the barrier that gives it. But yeah, they're brothers. It's three brothers: uh, Mike, Jason, and Tim, who founded Brodo a couple years ago. I, I started listening to them as a fan, uh, just getting my feet wet into fantasy, and uh, I, I loved it. And I kept listening. Then a couple of years ago, uh, I started contributing. We brought in, uh, at the same time as me, three or four writers, I believe. Then this off-season is when we really grew. We have a very large team of writers and, uh, and content creators all around. We have different shows. We created the app. So what we offer in general is a uh, weekly podcast. Well, two weekly podcasts. Actually, we have the preview and the review. When we talk about things coming up in the week and then the things that happen on Mondays. Uh, that's uh, the podcast side. And then we have the app where we have many articles like uh, Sleepers and Busts or Buy Low, Sell High currently. Well, comes out weekly for every position. And then we have all the tools in the app and different articles like DFS, Quick heat, quick Hits, uh, DFS, Tips, and everything. We also have a, a patron. So if you are so compelled to do so, uh, it's ProtoFinish uh Broto fantasy on patreon and we have exclusive perks like uh discord for our patrons and we have a dfs optimizer that i I developed then we give the optimizer picks to the patrons as well as some Vegas picks of a model an algorithm i developed to to get the, the edge on spreads and um and money lines so that's just basically it everything you can find it in the app the podcast the articles the the stats it's like we said the one-stop shop it's fantasy football by Broto. Uh, app store google play store anything you know, on twitter Where are at broto fantasy and you can find me at broto FF casanova and i think that covers it
1: santiago it is genuinely incredible how much content you guys put out and and how many resources and tools you provide uh to the players so thank you on behalf of the community i don't know how you guys find the time to do it but um, <laughs> mean neither it is invaluable uh, truly a diamond in the rough discovery thanks again to that person on reddit who uh, who connected me with you guys um, well, yeah you'll
0: have to let me know who it was now I'm, I'm very curious
1: i'm gonna go back and look it up and i'm gonna shoot you a screenshot of it and uh, awesome. maybe we can we can track them down from there um dude thanks again for coming on the show this was great i'm sure we'll have you on again later in the season maybe with some of the bros and uh we'll make a, a group show of it so um awesome. thanks again to santiago casanova brodo fantasy football uh, we'll be live every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern time for the rest of the season. We're back next weekend with Bob Lung from Big Guy Fantasy Sports Ooh. for another great episode. Yeah, man, I'm I'm as excited as yeah, you that's are. Very cool.
0: Uh,
1: you can subscribe to and stream Fantasy Fan Line live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch, or find us the next day on your favorite podcast platform. You can follow us everywhere at Fantasy Fan Line and visit our website, fantasyfanline.com, for a full schedule of our upcoming guests and to submit a question to our mailbag if you can't join us live. If you like the show, please leave a review tell a friend, help us grow. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasyfanline, where you can go to support us and earn perks to help us keep the phone lines open. Thank you again for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time on Fantasy Fanline. Goodbye, everybody.